surprise it's wednesday happy wednesday hey everybody welcome back to my closet and you guessed it it's a surprise wednesday podcast um (laughs) i'm so happy to be back and recording as some of you guys may know my name is hawthorne This is Tarot Closet Reflections, where I discuss spirituality, tarot, and other witchy topics. For today's topic, we are going to be discussing the origins behind some of the most popular Christmas Yuletime traditions. So, if you're interested, grab you a cup of hot cocoa or some eggnog, or some West Selling, and curl up as we dive into some of these origins of some of the most popular traditions. So, as you may know, everyone may know by now, Christmas is not, was not originally a Christian holiday. It was a pagan holiday that the church the catholic church in particular decided to to integrate into their um christian festivals so that way it can make the acceptance of christianity easier for their pagan friends so while i know there are going to be plenty plenty a plethora of podcasts, YouTube videos discussing like the origins of Yule and talking about the pagan holiday. I thought I would look specifically at the origins of some of our favorite Christmas traditions. So I've spent the past couple of weeks looking at various sources, trying to get an idea of what the origins of some of these traditions are this is not an exhaustive list this is not um super in-depth dive because if i did that this podcast would probably be two hours and um it'll be a really long podcast and i don't want to do that to you guys because this podcast is already going to be long enough so let's get cracking first tradition hanging stockings i don't know if you did when you were young but it wasn't until my family moved to where i live that currently when we really started hanging stockings above the mantle above the fireplace because before we didn't have a fireplace so of course while there isn't an exact record of why people start this tradition in general Back during the olden times, people would hang their stockings around the fireplace, like their socks, you know, around the fireplace because it would help keep them dry. Um, And one of the most quoted reasons or quoted explanations is that it is a variation on an old tradition of leaving one's shoes with hay inside them outside the door on December 5th, the eve of St. Nicholas Feast Day. And lucky children would find that 
the hay that they left for St. Nick's donkey had been replaced for treats, coins, sometimes fruits and nuts when they awoke the next morning. There's other stories that say that St. Nicholas learned of a father who was unable to pay for his daughter's dowry. He had three daughters. So, St. Nick dropped gold balls, gold gold coins, some say gold balls, down a chimney which landed in his stocking as it hung by the fire to dry. And the reason why he did this is because St. Nicholas knew that had he given the money to the father any other way, he probably wouldn't have accepted it. And so this also goes and tells us a little bit about the origin of giving oranges for Christmas. A lot of people say tale that the reason why oranges are given for Christmas might have to do with that little. Regardless of how it started, um, you know, this has been a tradition that people have been taking part in for millennia, primarily used to decorate their house for the Christmas Yuletide season. It was in um, the 1800s when this decoration trend really took off. Alright, so the next tradition we'll look at is caroling. Caroling and singing carols around this time has been around for a while. Originally, they were pagan songs that were sung at celebrations surrounding the winter solstice. The word carol actually means a song or dance of joy and praise. They were written and sung originally during all four seasons, but the tradition of singing them at Christmas is the only only time that has survived. So I thought that was interesting and unique how, you know, carols weren't just sung at Christmas time, but was also sung for all four seasons, which is pretty cool. Green trees as Christmas trees. I don't know about you, but in my family, we have a tradition of getting a live Christmas tree for Christmas. It is something that we do every year. We don't believe in artificial trees, not that there's I have anything against them, but that's just not what we do. We often go out to Christmas tree farm out here in Illinois, go get hot cocoa, cut it down, bring it back to the house, and it's a big deal. So for centuries, people have been using evergreen boughs to decorate their homes during the winter. The greenery reminded them of the plants that return in abundance shortly thereafter. The symbolism of the evergreen tree can be traced back to the worship of the sun god Mithras around 600 BC because Mithras was often depicted either in the evergreen tree or standing near one. Many centuries later, evergreen trees became a symbol of special significance to those in Northern Europe. Plants and trees that remained green all year round had always played an important role to the ancient people living in the far northern regions, especially around the darkest days of the year during the winter solstice, which often falls on December 21st in the northern hemisphere. 
People who worshipped the sun god began to celebrate these evergreen plants. They believed that the sun had grown sick and over the winter needed to be revived. Ancient cultures had a practice of hanging evergreen boughs in and around their homes. And this tradition, as most do, spread as the immigrants did and as Christianity became more popular in Europe and Germany in particular, the tradition was absorbed into Christian celebrations in the 14th and 15th century. Pine trees were used in Europe as a part of miracle plays that were performed in front of cathedrals during Christmas time, which detailed the birth and the fall of humanity and its salvation through of course jesus but the practice in a more secular sense really took off around the time of queen victoria when she decorated a christmas tree as a nod to her german husband's heritage german members of the british royal family had previously had Christmas trees, but they never really caught on with the wider public. Her influence has been felt, of course, worldwide. By the 1900s, one in five American families had Christmas trees, and today it is estimated that 25 to 30 million real Christmas trees are sold every year in the U.S. Pretty interesting (laughs) at least i the next tradition leaving milk and cookies for santa i have to admit growing up i didn't really believe in santa um i think i found out early on that santa wasn't real and then plus growing up in a very christian home there wasn't much talk of santa the only time that i really remember like santa being a thing and my family leaving cookies out for santa was when my brother was born and when my little brother was growing up then that's when i really remember my mom and us making cookies leaving cookies out for santa stuff like that um but anyways this tradition of leaving cookies on a plate for santa or saint nick accompanied by a cold glass of milk is a tradition that is believed to date back to ancient Norse Norse mythology. According to the legend, Odin had an eight-legged horse named Splenir. Kids would often leave treats for Splenir, hoping that Odin would favor them with gifts in return. It didn't take long before this practice became popular all throughout Europe and the U.S. During the Great Depression, when parents tried to impress upon kids the importance of being grateful for anything they were lucky enough to receive. Yule logs. I don't, in particular, I don't know if this is a tradition that is more popular in Europe, perhaps. But from what I know of, burning a Yule log isn't isn't really as popular in America. Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's just my family. But Yule log, said the word Yule in general, comes from the Scandinavian word Yule, which is the name for their 12-day winter festival. 
Early Europeans at this time would cut down a log that would burn for 12 days. It is believed that the log would grant them good luck throughout the year. If the log didn't completely burn, they would keep the charred log as a good luck charm on their front porch until the following solstice. Similarly, as a part of winter solstice celebrations, the gills and the Celts burned logs decorated with holly, ivy, and pine cones to cleanse themselves of the past year and welcome the next. They also believed that the ashes would help protect them against lightning strikes, evil spirits, and even toothaches. Celtic mythology told the stories of the Oak King and the Holly King with the oak representing the time from the winter solstice to the summer solstice and the holly representing the time from the summer solstice to the winter solstice, which is part of the reason many believe that yule logs are even burned in general. Today, however, yule logs are often represented by a chocolate-covered Swiss roll cake mingled with icing sugar to represent the flower that was dusted on the log before burning and decorated with small sprigs of holly. So, I don't know. Let me know down below. Do you burn a yule log around this time? Does your family make a yule log cake? I, I've never had a yule log cake. I've always wanted one, but I've never had one. I've never burnt a yule log in particular i mean we'll light our fireplace during this time because it's winter time but not specifically a yule log let me know it would be interesting to see how popular this tradition is next eggnog everyone's favorite christmas holiday drink i hate it <laughs> i hate it it's nasty to me i'm also very lactose intolerant which could be why i hate it um, but if you like eggnog, it's time to listen up. So, eggnog. Why would anyone want to create a raw based egg drink? But it is agreed by many historians and that eggnog was probably inspired or based off of a drink called Posette, which was a milk-based drink made with eggs, milk, figs, or sometimes sherry were all mixed in these of course back during the day were all very expensive ingredients so the wealthy people often used it for toasting or it was only made for great celebrations eggnog became a holiday drink when colonists brought it over from England but they found the way to make it on the cheap by getting rid of the figs, substituting rum for sherry, and voila, eggnog. Now, many people debate where the name nog came from. It's kind of hard to trace it back to, but however, some people believe that nog is short for the cup that this drink was often drank out of which is called a noggin, which was a wooden cup. Or it could be a play on words of a Norfolk variety of beer, which is also called nog, which is also named after that same wooden cup. So if you enjoy eggnog, 
now you know i however don't but you know drink drink some for me if that's your favorite holiday drink next tradition that we'll be looking at is mistletoe everyone knows that if you stop under the door with a mistletoe hungover you gotta kiss the person the next person that meets you under the door and the reason behind this tradition i find to be one of the most interesting mistletoe for centuries was revered as a sacred plant by the celts the norse and even native americans druids believed that mistletoe could protect you against thunder and lightning the priests would use a golden sickle to cut a piece of mistletoe from an oak tree catching the branches before they reach the ground the mistletoe would then be cut into small pieces and distributed amongst the people mistletoe was also a symbol of joy and peace so if enemy they were obligated <laughs> to put their weapons down and form a truce until the following day mistletoe has also been associated with fertility and vitality since ancient times it was seen as such because it blossomed even during the most frigid winters and this association stuck for many many centuries to come so it is quite easy to see how fertility and kissing might be linked but no one is exactly sure how that part of the tradition came about met each other underneath the woodland mistletoe we do however know that around the 18th century this tradition was popular with english servants which then spread quickly to those they serve christmas gifts and christmas cards the custom of giving presents at christmas time is actually originated from the celebration of saturnalia the roman feast of the god of saturn the god of the sun and the gifts that the romans gave each other were often small and given for good luck charity towards those who were less fortunate was also very popular during this time of year however the tradition of exchanging holiday cards didn't come until much later it was in the year of 1843 when the first formal greeting card was designed and hit the shelves to be sold it was designed by an englishman named jc horsley the greeting card showed a happy group of people participating in the toast and on the card it it said a merry christmas and a happy new year to you thousands of them were printed that first year because it only cost a penny to mail a card and say hello to a friend for the holidays however the card itself was worth one shilling which was almost 12 times as much the card sold like wildfire and thus a new custom was added to the gift giving season in christmas cards every year that's a lot of cards and that's a lot of envelopes to lick i'm just saying 
And last but not least, the tradition of Christmas wreaths. So, this tradition started with the Romans. And for the Romans, laurel wreaths or bay leaves were popular with pagan Romans because the leaves were sacred to the sun god Apollo. The ancient Romans used these decorative wreaths made from laurels as a sign of victory and believe that this is where the seasonal hanging of wreaths came from. In Northern Europe, laurel leaves were not as easy to find. So instead, evergreen branches were used to decorate the house at Yuletide season. These branches were often gathered as swags to hang above door posts or above one's bed, or they were shaped into wreaths. The most common and most the current and most common designs we see today for Christmas wreaths were in northern europe laurel leaves were not as easy to find so instead the northern europeans used evergreen branches they gathered them up to decorate their house at the yuletide festival season. These branches were then used as swags to hang above doors or shaped into wreaths. As for today, the most common iteration of these Christmas wreaths did not appear until the Victorian area where the fruit, nuts, and leaves were then replaced by ornaments and bulbs instead making them more lavish and grand so regardless of which holiday tradition you take part in i hope you have enjoyed learning a little bit more about where some of our favorite holiday traditions actually originate from Regardless whether you celebrate Christmas, whether you celebrate Yule, whether you celebrate St. Nicholas Feast, Saturnalia, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate during this time, I really hope that you take the time to enjoy. The wreaths were then decorated with fruits or nuts, berries, and even holly all of these things symbols of the yuletide season this holiday season i hope you spend thank you everyone for joining me on today's podcast if you are interested in connecting with me getting in touch with me listening to more of my podcasts I have all of my social media links often linked down below. You can most often find me on Instagram at tarot underscore closet underscore reflections. 
I'm your host, Hawthorne. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year.